If you want to be turning your Bibles to Psalms 139, we'll be looking at that portion very just for a few minutes this morning. Just for a few minutes this morning, I want to share with you about the sanctity of life and the importance of children this morning. Each of these children that you watched up here today are precious in the sight of God. Just like every child that sits out here today from our junior church is precious in the sight of God. They're a gift from God. Every life, every adult here, every life that's represented is precious. It's a gift from God. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalms 139 verses 13 through 15. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret places. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. What a great portion of scripture that reminds us that God, over five times in this portion, it talks about you, you, your. Each of those is talking about God. God created life. Life is precious to God. It isn't so precious to man, though, is it? 41 years ago, the Roe versus Wade court case. Since those 41 years, 50, between 45 and 50 million abortions just here in America. 4,000 every day. 22% of all pregnancies in America end in abortion. Did you realize, when you think about it, when you think about this many abortions, it's more than the Holocaust where 11 million people lost their souls. Or it's more than all of the American soldiers who've lost their life in all the battles all the way back since the Revolutionary War. 1,299,915 soldiers lost their lives. It doesn't begin to compare to the number of lives that have been taken by America. Now, that... that does not even consider the world where 40 to 50 million babies are slaughtered every year. 125,000 a day are aborted. This year already, what are we, 18 days into the new year, and already two, close to 2 million abortions around the world. And when you stop and think about it, I got on last night. You might want to get on and just look at this. It's called World Meter. You go worldmeter.info backslash abortion. And you sit there at your computer and you watch as that number turns. And you sit there and you watch and realize as that number turns, those are abortions that are happening right now as you sit there and watch it. John Piper took out a huge ad in the Minneapolis paper just recently and said this, I am personally pro-choice, but politically pro-choice. Signed Pontius Pilate. He said, listen, see, Pilate personally didn't want Christ to be killed, did he? But 
politically, he let it go on. And sometimes I think we as the church, we sit and we do nothing. Life is precious to God. Just a couple thoughts before we go this morning. I want you to think about, first of all, life, life is a perfect prescription from God. Listen to that portion of scripture again that talks about we are fearfully and wonderfully made. When it says wonderfully, it's the, the word Paul law, which means distinctively. Every person in this room is distinctive. Our fingerprints are different. Every person is distinctive. Let me tell you this morning, God makes no junk. Every child is precious. Every human being represents an eternal soul. And you ask me, well, Dick, where do you believe those 50 million babies that have been slaughtered here in America, where do you think they are? I believe they make up the population of heaven. I believe scripture teaches that. Remember when David's child died that was conceived with Bathsheba, he said, I can't come, he says, you can't come to me, but someday I'll come to you. These children are in heaven. And in God, every child is precious. He doesn't make junk. God does not make mistakes either. Sometimes we see children who are born with different handicaps. I grew up, um, my mom worked in a school for physically handicapped kids. And every day, um, I would go with her to that school because it was connected to my elementary school. And every day, because they started before we did, I would walk, watch kids walk into that school or come in with wheelchairs and come in on crutches, kids with multiple sclerosis and all kinds of other diseases. And I remember my mom arguing with her principal and saying, because their principal said, if God was so loving, how comes he does this to kids? There are some things we'll never understand, but you know the story of Nick Vucic, who was born, the child without what? Arms and legs. And God has used that man around the world to reach people for Christ. Let me tell you, he says, listen, the fact that I don't have arms and legs are simply the work of God. God doesn't make mistakes. God makes us to bring glory to him. That's why we're created. So <clears throat> we are a perfect prescription from God. Every person who sits in this room today, you have the color eyes you have because God shows that for you. You have the kind of skin, the color skin that you have because God shows that for you. It says before the foundations of this world, God had decided these things for us. Before you were even in your mother's womb, God already had chosen those things for you. We are not only a perfect prescription from God, and we don't have the time this morning, but I would encourage you to read Psalms 139 because you will find that we are a perfect, we have a perfect plan from God, each of us do. Our parents, you young people who sit here this morning, let me tell you, the parents that you sit there with, they were God's chosen parents for you. They are the perfect parents for you. Though sometimes you might not think that. They are the perfect plan that God had for your life. He has a perfect path for us. 
Go back there to the beginning of this chapter where he says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my downsettings, my uprising. Thou understanding my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path, and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset behind me and before me, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. The psalmist is saying, listen, that God has a perfect path, a perfect plan for our life. God knows the end from the beginning, and he is sovereign over all creation. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 46, verse 10. And let me tell you this, God is bigger than all of our choices. He's bigger than all of our sin, all of the sin that we commit against him. Even though sin carries consequences in the grand scheme of things, it's no great obstacle to God's plan for us. It's amazing. Even our failures. Listen, don't let Satan lie to you and tell you because you've sinned or because you struggled with sin that there's not hope that you still can't be used by God. Because, see, that's what Satan wants you to think. He wants you to think, oh, wow, man, I've sinned. I'm out of God's plan for my life. I'm out of his will. How can I ever be used? God can take even our sin and turn it around and use it. Because God is bigger than all of my choices, and God is bigger than all of my sin. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know thy plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for um, wherefore not evil, to give you a future and a hope. He tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, Proverbs 16, 9. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his step. Two simple things I want you to walk away with this morning. Every one of us in this room are a perfect prescription from God. Before you were formed, God had chosen. The abilities, the talents that you have, God gave them to you, and you need to celebrate, and you need to thank him for them. And the second is that we're not only a perfect prescription of God, from God, he has a perfect plan for every one of us in this life. This portion of Scripture is a tremendous portion that reminds us of the preciousness of life to God. Every one of those young people that sang and danced up on this platform this morning, they are precious in the sight of God. And this morning, we as a church realize that we need to take a stand for the sanctity of life on this Sanctity of Life Sunday. Let's pray. Father, every person in this room is a perfect prescription. Lord, everything about us, our fingerprints, our inner organs, where we were born, our parents, that, God, you had those things all lined up. God, we're not only a perfect prescription from you, God, we have a perfect plan. And then sometimes in our humanity... Lord, we mess up. Sometimes we sin. Lord, sometimes we even rebel against you as Christians. 
But Father, the great news is this. In the midst of that perfect plan, in the midst of this broken world that we live in, God, you are greater than all of our failures. You are greater than all of our sin. Lord, you can still use us in a tremendous way because of the cross that we just sang about today. Father, our prayer is if there are one here this morning who does not know you as their Savior, that before they leave this service today, that they would call out. Lord, they would say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for me on the cross. And I put my faith and trust in that to take me to heaven and in that alone. Lord, thank you for life and that we can celebrate life today. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Well, again, we're excited that you're here today, and it's great to have our children from Children's Church with us and worshiping with us this morning. We are privileged today to have the Ugandan Children's Choir with us, and uh, they are on tour. They started back in July, and I think this is a great Sunday to have them because it's Sanctity of Life Sunday. We're celebrating life. Our flowers up here and candle represent life today and uh, the importance of life. And uh, to be able to celebrate children this morning is exciting. To be able to take you to another culture and worship together how they worship in Uganda. It's great to have their tour director, uh, Evelyn Hanshaw, with us. And she's going to come and introduce them to you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, Let's try that again. How's everybody doing? There we go. You guys slowly waking up. All right, well, my name is Evelyn Henshaw, and I'm the tour leader of the Ugandan Kids Choir, and we are a Christian ministry of child care worldwide, and our mission is to go into the nine countries we work and provide children with the chance to receive sponsorship. And sponsorship is giving children the chance to not only receive an education, but also hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, because we believe those two things are very important for someone's future. And even these children you're about to meet are all sponsored already. Someone just like you is sponsoring them, and they're here to share with you their amazing goals of becoming opticians, pilots, businesswomen. They'll tell you about that more in the program, but I'll tell you a little bit more about our choir. Uh, As Pastor Dick said, we're currently on an 11-month tour. That's right, 11-month tour. We started back in July in Indiana. We've kind of made our way around the Northeast Coast, and then we'll be going back into Illinois by the end of June of this year. There are 10 children, five boys and five girls, and they've come all the way from Uganda, and they're super excited to share with you their unique culture and maybe even some new dance moves. So please join me in welcoming the Ugandan Kids Choir.
Hello, my name is Diana. I'm 10 years old. When I grow up, I want to be a high school teacher. Hello, my name is Marty. I'm 12 years old. When I grow up, I want to be a soccer player. Hello, my name is Dorothy. I'm 11 years old. When I go out, when I go up, I want to be a businesswoman. Hello, my name is Brenda. I'm 10 years old. When I go up, I want to be a musician. Hello. My name is Matia. I am seven years old. When I grow up, I'll be a pilot. Hello, my name is Immaculate. I'm 12 years old. When I grow up, I want to be an accountant. Hello, my name is Richard. I'm 11 years old. When I grow up, I'll be a soldier. Hello, my name is Uke. I'm 10 years old. When I grow up, I want to be a nurse. Hello, my name is Benjamin. I'm 11 years old. When I grow up, I want to be an agriculturist. <laughs> So while the children get changed for the second half, I'm going to take this time to tell you a little bit more about childcare worldwide. We are currently based out of Bellingham, Washington. We started back in 1981. Once again, our mission is to go into the nine countries we work and provide children with the chance to receive not only education, but the gospel of Jesus Christ to then be established in good Christian values, because I believe those two things will ensure them for a better future. And unless you've traveled to a developing country, it's hard to imagine poverty, but many children are forced to just work on the streets and get, consume their time with getting water or getting food or helping get supplies for their family. For example, in Uganda, there are 37 million people. And Uganda is about the size of the state of Oregon. And of that 37 million, 48%, so almost half that population is between the ages of zero to 14. So if you imagine even this like service would be half would just be all children and the other half would be adults. And it's really hard then most of those children don't have parents or they don't have a guardian. And so who's gonna help pay for their school fees? Because as well as in developing countries, they may say school is free, but then you have to buy your own books. You have to buy your uniform and then you have to still pay this little tuition fee, so it's not free, and so if there's a parent struggling to provide food for their children, it's hard enough for them to provide an education. So, so that's what our point is to get other children sponsored. Children just like Justine and Bazania, who were a young boy and girl from Uganda who were orphaned at a very early age. Both of their parents passed away due to AIDS, leaving them all alone in a little house. And it wasn't until long after that some men entered that house and they kicked the children out because there was no one to speak up for them. They kicked the children out and they tore down that house and they used the land for fields and crops for themselves, but leaving these two children out alone in the dangerous, busy streets. A little while later, a neighbor woman took in these two children, but she was very sick and things weren't much better. 
because at night, the children would share a mat on the floor, using their old mother's clothes as blankets. When it rained, they would huddle in the corner because the roof leaked. And a lot of times, Justine and Bazzano wondered what would happen if this woman passed away? Who would speak up for them then, or would the same thing that happened before repeat itself? But fortunately, one of our coordinators found these two children in Uganda, and he asked them to show him where they were living. And they took him to the fields of what once was their house, and they explained what had happened in their past. They also then took him to their parents' graveyard and explained how both of their parents had passed away. And Justine often talked about how her and her brother liked to visit the grave and reminisce of once being a complete family. But through all that, hope came for these children. Hope in the form of sponsorship. Someone just like you sponsored these two children. We were able to take him into one of our homes where not only they were given a place to live, they were given food to eat, they were given an education, but most importantly, they were given the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now these children are now given the necessary tools they needed to succeed, and it's all because someone decided to show them that they care and will invest not just in a thing, but in a child that has goals and dreams that deserve to be accomplished. And even the next slide is my favorite slide. This is Justina Bazania right now. And I got this picture, thanks to technology, I got this picture just two months ago, and this is them, and they're finishing up high school, working on pursuing their goals and dreams, and like I said, it wouldn't be possible without people like you. And that's what this choir is all about. We're here traveling around to share this need with you, that this is just one story of thousands of children around the world looking for the opportunity to receive an education and even the gospel if they haven't heard him yet. And not all of them have as extreme of a story as Justine and Bazania, but many children, like I said, are looking for the opportunity to receive that education. And so that's what we're here, and I'll share with you a little bit later how you can be involved in that sponsorship process. But for now, let's bring back out the Ugandan Kids Choir. Good morning, church. Uh-uh. Good morning, church. My name is Shamim. I'm the music director of Ugandan Kids Choir. We are so, so, so extremely happy to be here. Thank you for hosting us in your church. It's beautiful. The people are loving. They love God. The next item we are going to perform is called Mujaguzo. Repeat after me, Mujaguzo. Mm, you people are happy today. <laughs> Say Mujaguzo. All right. Mujaguzo is a celebrational item. It is performed mainly by the men in the palace. It is called Mujaguzo because those drums are celebrating. So the word Mujaguzo means celebration. By performing Mujaguzo, the Baganda people are celebrating harvest, birth of twins, birth of a princess, birth of a prince, conquering other communities and making them part of Buganda, among so many reasons to celebrate. By performing Mujaguzo, the Baganda people are calling all communities in Buganda to come and celebrate with them. Now, just like in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 
to 18, it tells us to be joyful always, to give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances, because this is God's will upon our lives through Christ our Lord, all right? Let's celebrate the life and victory that God has given us with the Ugandan Kids Choir performing Mojaguzo. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the central part of Uganda. Now tighten your seat belts and let's go all the way to the southwestern part of Uganda. The next item we are going to perform is called Ekizino. Repeat after me, Ekizino. Exactly. Ekizino is a social dance. It is performed by the Bachiga people. They speak a language called Ruchiga. They live along the rift valley that passes through Uganda, so the place is mountainous. They dig and graze cattle along the mountainous areas. So how did the dance come about? One day, the Bachiga people had to celebrate what God had given them. What do I mean? 
harvest. They had got lots of cows, lots of milk, and lots of crops. But as they were celebrating, one gentleman had a burning question. He asked, we work so hard every day, moving up and down the mountainous areas, but between men and women, who works harder? So I always pose a question back to you, my friends. Here in Elizabeth Town, between men and women, who works harder? What did you say? <laughs> All right. That's your answer, not mine. So an argument came up. One side was saying women, another side was saying men. Someone said, All right, let's stop arguing. Let's compete and see who is the best. They decided to compete how? They decided to dance. As they were shaking their bodies, they realized that everyone was freestyling, whether on beat or not. Someone said, this is taking us nowhere. All right, let's make it uniform. Let's jump. And the one who jumps higher and cracks the ground is the one who works harder. Why? Because he or she is stronger and energetic. As they competed against each other, eventually the winner was crowned. And each time they would go to socialize and celebrate, they would perform that. So they ended up calling it a kizino because it came from that dancing they did. And with time, a kizino dance was formed. Even up to today, they perform a kizino as they socialize. Enjoy a kizino. By the way, when you go back home, tell those who didn't come that we watched a kizino. And if they ask you, what's the meaning of ekizino? Now I'm telling you the meaning, okay? Ekizino means dance, but don't tell them. Just tell them, Google it. Enjoy ekizino. Yeah. 
All right, round of applause for our new choir members. All right, so right now we're gonna have the kids catch their breath. We're gonna let some of you catch your breath. I'm gonna show you a short little video. Especially with all the high energy and joy the kids bring, a lot of times we forget of the harsh realities that are going on in this world around us. So let's watch the video. Children are children no matter where they live. They love to smile, tell secrets, play games, sing songs. But for many children, life is difficult. And most days, there isn't anything to smile about. They are young and should have a future filled with hope. But living a life of poverty, there isn't a lot to hope for. Instead of going to school, they work hard just to survive. Some of them are exploited as cheap labor. Working day in and day out, there isn't a lot to hope for. Some children are thankful if they get just one meal a day. And without enough to eat, there isn't a lot to hope for. Some children are orphans. They have lost their mom or dad, or both, to AIDS. They've been abandoned. They are all alone. They should have someone to put them to bed at night and sing songs to them while they fall asleep. But without a mom or dad, there isn't a lot to hope for. All over the world, Children live without the most basic human rights. Clean water, food, a secure home. They should have a way to go to school, to receive an education that will give them a future filled with hope and put an end to poverty for good. But without an education, there isn't a lot to hope for. Children are children no matter where they live, but for many children, there isn't a lot to hope for. For many children, life feels hopeless. So where is their hope? In much of the developing countries, corruption and poverty forces families to choose between providing food or providing education, not both. Without an education, children can't achieve their God-given potential, even live a life more abundantly. But today, you have that power of changing that by helping sponsor a child. What we have are, these are called passports, and we have these out in the lobby. And these are children looking to become sponsored. And by sponsoring them, it would help pay for their tuition and books and uniforms that I talked about before. And it would also pay for them for school to go up into trade school or even university so that then they're employable and able to provide for themselves. And even through our unique program through Child Care Worldwide, children receive individual attention from a local church member where they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and learn good Christian values, just like Proverbs 22.6 tells us, to train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So just like this is Alex here, and he has the goals of becoming a dentist. And you see, he's had a lot of practice already of losing teeth on this tour and getting that, that, uh, getting that practice of becoming a dentist. Um, but like I said, you have the opportunity. He is an example. These other children, all 10 are examples of how impactful sponsorship is. Because without 10 people sponsoring them, we wouldn't even be here. So uh, it's just $40 a month a little more than a dollar a day. 
You know, if you go out to Starbucks every day, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, or a couple here in America that goes out to eat for one night, that essentially could pay for a child's education for a full month. So I just want to encourage you to think about that, and if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your hearts to sponsor, set out in the lobby, our other children looking to become sponsored. Um, but right now, we're going to be taking a love offering, and that's what the envelopes that were passed out with the uh, um, pamphlets today are for. If you can fill those out, we can give you a tax-deductible receipt, or any checks that you can make and payable to Child Care Worldwide. And the love offering doesn't go directly to our choir. It goes to Child Care Worldwide and helps with programs such as ending malaria, providing clean water, medical clinics, things like that. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor Richard to, uh, or Pastor Dick to come up and pray over that offering. And as it comes up, I just want to thank all of you for being here. And thank you to the host families that opened up their homes these past couple of days and provided meals. Um, it's been such a blessing. So like I said, don't forget to check out that table because the decision you make today could change a child's life. Thank you. Let's pray as our ushers come to take this offering for child care worldwide. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful to be able to celebrate life today with these young people from Uganda. Lord, and it certainly makes us aware, Father, that around the world there are boys and girls who have needs. Lord, I thank you Lord, for those in our ministry who have adopted children from around the world. And as we give this offering, even as some might choose to uh, adopt a child long distance today, Lord, that you would use these funds to be an encouragement to this ministry that, Lord, is ministering to what's important to you, children. So, Father, bless this offering this morning. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. 